And welcome everybody to Keyword Crypto. This is Michael. I got Patrick Luberis with me. Um, he's not from the Nano Foundation, but everybody <laughs> is pinging him lately to ask him for advice and to get his feedback that he probably should start working for them. Hey, Patrick, <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Good to be so, here. So how many podcasts have you been on at this point? Oh man, too many. But not really. It hasn't been that bad, if I'm honest. <laughs> I mean, it's good though. I mean, it should make you feel good. I mean, I at one point you were like, you're, you said you're an introvert, and I'm like, uh, too bad, dude. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, man. I am a hardcore introvert, but this is not my life this week, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to have you on because a couple of people were pinging me saying they can't wait to hear the next episode. Uh, where I, ex- where I explain what happened and I'm like, I, I don't know what happened, dude. I'm just a passive investor who, you know, has a, 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 a passing interest in nano. And uh, if it were all the collapse tomorrow, I just move on to the next thing, which I'm pretty open about. So um, that's when, when yeah. people call me a shill, you know, I'm like, eh, I guess I'm just, I, so far it works and no one's been able to show me that it doesn't work. And then on yep. the on the Reddit nano on the, on the nano Reddit, um, someone was like, "Well, you know, here's a perfect example. It got hit once and it totally went offline." I was like, mm, "Did it go offline? Did did I, did I miss something?" So I wanted to. Why don't you explain what happened? Yeah, let's get into it. So uh, about two weeks ago, I think uh, nano started seeing some spam transactions at, like twice the normal transaction rate. So normal or more than twice, normal transaction rate is like one to two confirmations per second, right? Pretty, pretty little in the grand scheme of things. Um, I think at the beginning of March, we started seeing 2025 just consistently flat out for, for days, uh, that spiked to 40, then 50 then 60, then 75. Then at some points there were spikes to a hundred, 200 or 300, which could have just been bootstrapping. It's hard to, hard to know on that because of the way the metrics are collected, but uh, and anyways, what, what's bootstrapping oh, really fast? Uh, and bootstrapping is when a node is trying to connect to the nano network. They're trying to sync up their ledger so that they're on the same st- state as everyone else. Okay. And so in, in some cases, if there's like a brand new node uh, bootstrapping or connecting to the network to get up to date, to get the ledger in some stat trackers that might spike the transactions per second, or confirmations per second when really it's it's not technically or really increasing uh, the transactions on the network. It just looks like that because of the way the stats are collected. Okay. But but anyways, so, so N- Nano was then being hit at 60, 75 consistent uh, transactions per second for a week and a half uh, or so, a week, something like that. And the network as a whole was was processing transactions just fine. The high-end nodes and the majority of vote weight, uh, which is what you need for consensus, right? You need over 50% of uh, voting participants voting for a transaction to be confirmed. Those There was enough vote weight that transactions were still being confirmed at that rate. Uh, the spam transactions were being confirmed just fine. Regular transactions were being confirmed just fine. Uh, where things started to fall apart is that lower-end nodes... Uh, started getting desynced, right? So a lot of people run hobby nodes uh, and even some, not necessarily hobby nodes, but maybe entry-level business nodes, if we can put it that way, uh, started falling behind. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of those nodes were some of the key services on the nano network. So like some wallets, some exchanges. um, And that's where people first really started to notice 
uh, transaction issues where they're like, hey, where's my transaction? I sent out a transaction. I don't see anything. While at the same time, they're not seeing anything. If you go check the block explorers or you go check other nodes, the transactions broadcast and confirm still in less than one second, no problem. So those issues started to compound and the uh, a number of the top representatives, those high-end nodes that weren't having issues, uh, said, hey, we got to do something about this. And so they all locally on their end implemented bandwidth limits which is essentially a, uh, a more decentralized equivalent of the Bitcoin block size, right? If you if enough people all limit their bandwidth to whatever, it decreases the network's throughput. So that's essentially uh, what happened. Enough of the uh, enough of the vote weight on the network, all on their own nodes, set those bandwidth limits much lower, which dropped network throughput to I think I want to say around fifteen confirmations per second, um, which really slowed down the rate of the spammer. Uh, transactions and ledger growth uh, a little bit, not really because uh, I think unconfirmed transactions at this moment still get written to the ledger, but uh, we can come back to that. But anyways, it it limited the impact of the spam and allowed some of those weaker nodes to start catching up because now the network is only confirming at uh, 15 transactions per second or so average. Um, But then of course, that once you've limited the network like that, that causes the proof of work uh, requirements to increase. Uh, for anyone who, who's not familiar, Nano instead of a transaction fee uses proof of work for every transaction uh, to fight spam and to prioritize transactions. So when the the network is saturated or at its limit, in this case it was because the the spammers even still right now they're broadcasting at twenty twenty five twenty 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 to twenty five <laughs> transactions per second. And the network is capped at 15-ish. Um, it causes the proof of work requirements to go up. So if you want to be prioritized in front of the line before the spam, you have to do more proof of work than normal. And that's where another issue is coming into play, where a lot of services are not properly doing that proof of work multiplier. They're still sending at maybe that base level of proof of work, which makes it harder for transactions to. Uh, get processed and prioritized. And then at the same time, because there's a bunch of nodes all bootstrapping that fell behind those lower end nodes, uh, there's some sync issues, right? Where on one node, uh, the node is behind or they've synced a different chain potentially. Uh, Not a different chain in the the Bitcoin sense where you're like two separate forks, but a a different uh, account chain um, in Nano. So like for maybe a simple example, uh, your account chain is synced on the Natrium wallet node, but not mine. And then on Binance's node, my account chain is synced because that's the transactions they saw uh, and not yours. Um, and, and that is also going on with the network causing some additional issues. So, so yeah, it's been a crazy week. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, is uh, is Nano like down? Because I keep hearing like Nano's down. Is it actually? I yeah. Mean- no. No. Nano. The network is not down. The consensus never stopped. The there was enough vote weight and enough nodes that are still up and processing transactions. That transactions are still getting processed. The network hasn't stalled or anything like that. Uh, it is down in the sense for some people who are maybe using a wallet or an exchange with a node that's out of sync they're having issues with transactions. And that is a legitimate concern because there's there's a lot of people that use Natrium, for example, or WeNano. WeNano is doing pretty good, but 
uh, any of those wallets or services that get out of sync. And for them, the experience is, whoa, my, where's my transaction? It's been seconds, minutes, hours, and in some cases, 24 hours. And they're like, hey, what the hell happened? Have I lost my money? So but is, from is that the big something- picture network, it's not down. Okay, so is that something that where somebody could just change the rep- their their representative and have things? Uh, no, it wouldn't be changing the representative. You'd have to change your node. And most people they don't even know or care about their node. They use whatever their their wallet is connected to. Uh, but if you're running your own node and it's still synced, uh, you could use that. I think uh, Nalt, another popular wallet, lets you. It actually cycles through multiple nodes, uh, but you can also choose your own node and reference that if you want. So something like Nult seems a little more um, robust from a technology standpoint than something like Natrium. Natrium seems kind of like fast cash type. Uh, yeah, yes and no. And Natrium is pretty solid uh, generally. And e- even still now they're they're doing really good stuff. But they're definitely targeted toward like the, I want to say, I guess more casual audience. It's really trying to compete with a Zelle Venmo type of experience. Someone who almost doesn't even know or care about crypto, right? They want it to be as simple and as easy as possible. So they don't give you all that granular level of control, which most of the time works just fine. And in the future, I imagine they will iron out any of the kinks. They will do prioritization and proof of work multipliers, which they do to some extent already. So not to say that Natrium is completely broken or it's it's their fault. It's definitely not, but... There's just so many different variables coming into play. It's, it's hard so, to make a definitive statement, statement. I mean, in your mind, are you worried in any way about Nano's future or Nano's ability to handle this in the future? Or because, because no, I guess, I guess my really. main question is, no. um, what's if if uh, somebody has on a you know an unlimited amount of money for electricity? Yep. What's to stop them from increasing their their uh, proof of work multiplier to continue spam attacking and to not get yep. people you know not let people you know jump to the front of the line? Yeah. So big picture, I'm not really concerned about Nano. Uh, the, these kind of issues are known and expected, and it's happened to Bitcoin as well. Uh, and the network is still functioning, and there's a lot of both research and active development happening that will mitigate spam in, in many different ways. Um, as far as the the other part of your question, um, oh man, I just completely blanked. Uh, <laughs> about, can you repeat uh, the last part of your question about again? Letting, uh, <laughs> about a spammer deciding to spend unlimited amount of money for electricity to oh, yeah, yeah. increase their proof-of-work multiplier. Yeah, thank you. So uh, the... A spammer could, with with enough ha- hardware and enough resources, if they have unlimited funds, anything's attackable. Anything you can commit a denial of service attack against. It. Even Google, Amazon, Facebook, Akamai, Fastly, all these big network operators, in, in theory and actually in reality, can be DDoS to some extent. But the 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 counter to the scenario you're talking talking about is that the spammer has to do the increased proof of work at the capacity of the network so whereas an individual user is just doing one one z two z transactions and they can easily do two five or ten times the amount of proof of work without really impacting their flow a spammer has to do two five or ten times the proof of work for all of their transactions at the maximum throughput of the network 
Um, so in this case, if the network is limited to around 15 confirmations per second, they have to do 15 confirmations per second for millions of tra- transactions over the whole duration that they want to cause impact. And then still a normal user can do just a little bit more proof of work, which is fine for them because they're only doing onesie, twosie transactions and get moved to the front of the line, assuming prioritization and um, the multipliers are working correctly and as expected. How, how much do you think the spammer, is, how much money do you think this is causing the, causing this, costing the spammer? to do a two-week attack like this? Uh, to be honest, right now, probably not much. Uh, I think there's some um, existing spam scripts that anyone can run. And if you rent a, a graphics card from, I think someone called there's like Zen.ai or something like that, some service, right? There's probably multiple services where you can rent GPU power and and attach it to your project. Uh, probably not that much. I, I want to say in the hundreds hundreds per month range, maybe at this consistent rate. Now, probably uh, potentially a lot more as the proof of work multiplier kicks in. But in the big scheme of things, it's not that much, especially if you're talking about from like a Bitcoiners perspective uh, or someone has like a large GPU farm and they, or it's a nation state wanting to cause serious harm. Uh, they could, they could probably do, they could spam for minimal uh, out of pocket to them outside of like electricity costs. Right. Yeah. I mean, do you think that, I, I guess, I like, I want to, I, I, I don't even know how to hypothesize who's doing it or why, but I have so many ideas of like, maybe it's an angry Bitcoiner who the nano reply guys just pissed off one too many times, or maybe <laughs> it's Coinbase, you know, saying like, okay, we're finally going to look at this and we're going to attack it and see how yeah. robust it is. Or maybe it's, you know, it could be anything. It could be anybody. It could be yeah. a Wall Street It could person. be completely legitimate people. Um, there, yeah. Doing, yeah. That, that's one testify. of the reasons I, I won't really s- speculate because we, we can't really know. But I personally, I think this should be known and it is and was known and is expected for any kind of open network, right? People for good reasons or bad reasons will attack networks all the time. Um, And Nano is aware of that and it's designed to work around that. Uh, I struggle to answer sometimes when people ask me, can spam be solved? It it really depends on your definition of solve, right? Because there's in, in almost every scenario you can come up with a way to use more resources than are available. But what matters is graceful recovery and the ability for legitimate participants to still be able to get a decent quality of service, right? Everyone is using the internet all the time with DDoS attackers and spam at the same time. And for the most part, they're not too affected except for maybe in some rare cases with specific services. But even then, the networks or service typically recover pretty quickly and or people can do a little bit more work or pay a higher fee or use a different node and still be able to use that service, right? So in my mind, the end state of Nano is to be able to function perfectly fine with these kinds of high-end spam attacks happening all the time um, because users can just do a little bit of proof of work. Uh, it works flawlessly because the... Uh, the multiplier is working as expected. The prioritization is working as expected. They get moved to the front of the line. And that kind of kills a lot of the incentive for the spammer, right? Because they're not really impact, impacting the network or users. So what's the point? That's a, a disincentive to spam. Yeah. Uh, I guess the spammer could um, be trying to spam to, 
to centralize the network, right? To bloat the ledger. But even as is at 70 TPS uh, or CPS, the the ledger growth rate, sure, it shuts out low-end nodes and hobbyist nodes, especially without pruning. But the high-end businesses and services being developed on Nano are still able to run nodes with no issue. I mean, you can buy a terabyte of storage for $100, which is at 70 TPS, that's, I want to say, months of, or maybe even a year plus of spamming straight to fill up a terabyte. Uh, there's a calculator. I, I don't know, know the math off the top of my head, so don't quote me on that. But okay. I want to say it's something in that range. So I, I'm not too concerned big picture long term. Um, and I think the network is handling decently well, but there's also a lot of real world impact to real people right now. Yeah. Through either a combination of service issues or implementation issues or desyncing, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, and, and I feel like some people are, are, you know, doom scrolling about this and, and getting really down on nano. And I guess, I guess I'm looking at it from a technology standpoint of this is still nascent technology. And when I, when I was saying on Twitter, it's like, this is good for nano. This means that nano is actually getting on someone's radar enough where they want to spend this amount of money and time trying to spam the network and trying to shut it down. That means that people are now becoming aware of it and either they're testing it out to invest in it or they're scared and they're trying to shut it down. Like, Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's fair. And, and so I guess, I, I, and I don't want to minimize it because like you said, it's, it, ha- it has real world effects on maybe it's somebody in some small country that is actually trying to use this as a, you know, for their business or something like that. And it gets shut down because they're not attached to a, you know, a high end business note or something like that. You know, like there's always going to be real world world effects. And so I I wasn't, I wasn't trying to minimize it in that sense, but anybody who's jumping onto nascent technology, you know, I used to joke around that it's still kind of in beta, but it's not. Obviously, it's not in beta, but like it's still early. You know, like Gmail still gets shut down every once in a while. That's been around for almost 20 years now. So it's just like we're, we still have to. Uh, I get frustrated when like my mom calls me and say, my computer's not working. I said, well, did you restart it and start it? Oh, okay. It works now. <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, it's this, it's this idea that like we should have, have flying cars by now when in reality, like technology still is. I mean, it's only been, this stuff has only been around for like 30 years, the infrastructure, 40 years. And so stuff is still going to go down. We're using, you know, like America's is, is very, uh, um, I think it's pretty well known around the world how poorly we've, we've invested in our infrastructure for the last 50 years, meaning we have, for sure. So everything's, all our bridges are crumbling, you know, a huge portion of our population doesn't have you know, broadband. So it's like, we're still using a lot of, a lot of old technology to get this stuff done. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, as, as things start to progress, how nano holds up, because you said that it was handling up to like a hundred transactions per second at one point by the spammer, right? Yeah. And in previous stress tests, we've seen 240 plus on the the main net for shorter duration, of course, but the the issue here again was the the lower end nodes and unfortunately some of those nodes were services that are very popular and and well used 
that got behind. And not to say that the nano protocol was perfect either. There were some compounding issues like a high amount of uh, bandwidth used in certain scenarios or like a uh, a compounding effect when some nodes get out of sync and then more nodes get out of sync, causing more nodes to get out of sync because more traffic's going back and forth. And and a lot of those issues are have been known for a long time and are being worked on. Uh, that's one of the thing one of the things that frustrates me a little bit is that uh, a lot of people are are saying like nano should have expected this and why was this not solved already why did the the network have any issues at all when a lot of this was known a lot of the 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 fixes or i guess improvements were already underway and are underway and more will be coming um sure that this this there's maybe like one or two uh brand new um findings like i think one of them had to do with uh unlimited frontiers or basically um account end blocks because the spammer was spamming to a bunch of new accounts instead of existing accounts uh one of the issues that the node has is that on startup it does a scan across all those frontiers all those accounts and because of this this like 5x or 10x in frontiers it started having performance issues, right? So now w- one of the fixes is to bound that that scannings to a, a smaller subset on startup. Um, and that's one of the fixes. But it's it's things like that where um, a lot of users or I, maybe casual observers, they think that a cryptocurrency is perfect from day one, yeah. but they, they miss a lot of the work that has been going on and is going on and should be going on. Um, even in Bitcoin, not to say, oh, but what about Bitcoin? But yeah. a lot of people that are in, in Bitcoin these days don't remember all the same challenges that Bitcoin had. Bitcoin had six hour plus reorganizations of the blockchain. Bitcoin has had spam attacks that uh, acted as denial of service to the network. Bitcoin has experienced a lot of these things. And a lot inflation of those are t- attacks and issues. Yeah, inflation bugs. All, all those things are what make uh, Bitcoin stronger, right? And I view Nano the same way. I, I see nothing that has invalidated the core properties or the core design thesis of Nano, right? This, the design at a high level still makes sense. It still works. It doesn't seem like there's anything obviously wrong or obviously unfixable, but there are implementation issues. There are um, service improvement opportunities. There's a lot of things that need to be done. And of course, one of the challenges that Nano has specifically is that it's a nonprofit organization. It has a relatively small developer fund compared to most other cryptocurrencies. It also has a rel- relatively small community, uh, a developer base, right? There's maybe 10 Nano Foundation participants, and not all of those or even most of those are developers. And so, it's, also, it's also coming off of Nano's version of Mt. Gox, where through no yeah, fault of their true. own... They have, you know, they have to expend all this money and all this energy trying to deal with Bomber, who was, if you don't know, he was the the owner of of uh, Bitgrail, who, you know, it's just like they're having to, they have that, they're just coming off the tail end of that, and then, ha- and so, you know, they're, it's not a, it's not what about is that- yeah, it's really fast. It's not about what about ism um, when when talking about uh, when talking about Bitcoin. So so so, what's the average Bitcoin transaction per second? Uh, I think it's capped at about seven, right? Seven okay. transactions per second. So even during so a even attack, now in the degraded state, yeah, yeah. we're we, we're doing twice what Bitcoin is doing. Yeah, and then you know, and Ethereum's 
dealing with fifty to hundred dollar transaction fees right now, sometimes up in the thousands, depending on what on what service you're trying to to use it for. This isn't about what aboutism. It's about uh, comparing and, and keeping things in in a uh, in a uh, um, God, what's I'm blanking on the word all of a sudden. Perspective, yeah. It's just perspective. It's like these are things that are working side by side. And it's you can't say I'm not saying like what about this? I'm saying like what you know, what's how is this in perspective to Bitcoin? How is this in perspective to Ethereum? Like what's going on? How is it how how is the team handling it? And so I like people were getting so down on it. I'm like, I don't, you know, obviously these people aren't paying attention to, to Ethereum to to Bitcoin. I mean, Ethereum Ethereum miners just uh, publicly announced they're going to 51% attack the Ethereum chain. So all cryptos have their own issues going on at any given time, right? So, but if you're not paying attention to the news about Ethereum, that's not even going to be on your radar. You know, so it's just like, there's there's always something going on. There's always, like, as we get more involved and more people, you know, this gets on more and more people's radars, more and more people, nation states, like you said, they're going to start attacking these networks you know, relentlessly yep, for sure. trying, you know, trying to either shut them down or trying to get some money out of it. That's the thing about crypto, about nano is you can't really make any money out of it. Can you by spamming the network? I mean, in theory, if you find like a zero day vulnerability that there's like an inflation bug or, or some, something that allows you to double spend, um, then you, you could make money that way. Or if you're able to steal people's funds or there's a bug in seed generation and it's insecure and you, you do, you take people's money that way, but that uh, that applies to pretty much all cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So there isn't anything like specific to Nano that that people should be worrying about, or or is there? No, not not to my knowledge. Okay. I mean, it, it, uh, if there was, that would be a serious issue. If if there's a way to actively double spend or um, steal people's funds, but there's there's no reports of funds lost. There's no reports of double spending. There. There's, there's no, none of those like integrity of funds issues as far as I'm aware. Yeah. So, but, and, and my, and my response to that is like, Bitcoin's had three of those, I think three inflation bugs that they've found over the last, you know, three or four years, I think they've had double spends, very small, but like this is part of being, of being an early adopter of something. You're going to find these things. And the Bitcoin team jumped on it quick, fixed it, you know, made the changes. That's how when people so like when I when I talk shit about Bitcoin on this show, I'm notorious about talking shit about Bitcoin. I'm talking shit about the technology. I'm not talking shit about the development team. Those guys work hard. Yeah. Yeah. Guys and girls work hard. You know, they, they jump on fixes right away. They're a solid team. I just feel like the actual uh, code of Bitcoin has limitations on its ability to scale. And that's why yep. I was looking around at other things. But the team itself is pretty strong, but they're also hamstrung by miners saying, you know, we don't want to change the code. We don't want to change this. We don't want to change that. We don't want to go to bigger blocks or smaller blocks or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, there's so many things and Ethereum is facing the same issues. Um, so like, that's why I was looking at Nano. So it's, I, you know, I'm glad you came on. I appreciate it because I feel like there's, there's just a lot. I mean, even like Mario was was tweeting at me, Mario Gibney. I was just like, he's like, oh, what's going on with Nano? I was like, I, I, at that point, I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, like there was a CoinDesk article too thing. that kind of blew up and, and a Yahoo oh, yeah. Finance article that said like Nano is halted, which one, that is just 
flat out not true. The network yeah. was still operating and is still operating, hasn't stalled. Uh, and they said uh, they were claiming that the whole network has like uh, extremely long confirmation times. The network is down, but that that's not true. There's specific services that were having serious issues, but the network was still operating. The network was still coming to consensus. Transactions were still being confirmed. Nothing halted. Uh, the node operators responded. Uh, like, I, yeah, I guess it's a dif- difference in perspective. Maybe I, I'm like you, where I, I'm truly here for the technology in the sense that, or I'm, I'm fo- following the technology very closely because I want to see if it can solve the big problem. In my mind, decentralized self-sovereign digital cash, right? I I expect issues. I expect improvements over time. And I don't want the protocol to stay static. And uh, and I'm aware that challenges will be faced and they should be expected. But uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm trying not to get too deep into my own bubble, too deep into my own rabbit hole where I ignore legitimate issues. Exactly. But for this issue in particular, I really don't, I don't see the the big picture long-term issue with spam. I think it is a solvable problem. I think there's a lot of clever solutions, even from like traditional network engineering, traditional um, network stack uh, solutions. There's a lot of work in the quality of space or quality of service and anti-spam arenas. And a lot of those concepts can be ported over to Nano uh, pretty in a pretty straightforward way, I think. I, it, it definitely seems like a solvable problem to me. And nothing that invalidates the the idea, the big picture goal behind Nano. Yeah, and if and if you're getting your your information from CoinDesk, you know I'm not going to speak for Patrick, but for the show for Keyword Crypto, <laughs> CoinDesk is trash. Most I appreciate the, most, the disclaimer. Yeah, most of the writers there are just full on Bitcoin shills, and that's fine. You know, like I don't have a problem with that. It's as long as you're aware that what you're reading is by somebody who hates everything that isn't Bitcoin. So just keep that in perspective. Like they're they're pretty open about it, and 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 they have a track record of attacking people and making false statements. They did it with crypto finally um, recently, and they just refused to acknowledge that they that they flat out lied about her. Um, yeah, and and they and they flat out lied about Nano. Now, whether it's just that they're ignorant and they didn't do any research beforehand, or if they actually have a goal of trying to sabotage Nano, I don't know. I'm I don't, I'm not in their head. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna you know make a claim either way. But just realize that in general, that website's trash, and and you and you know take everything you read with a grain of salt. And that's sad because that's one of the bigger ones, and um you know, out there and for that to be for it to be blatantly that bad and that unreliable is disheartening because, you know, we need a publication where we can get actual um, quality information from. And uh, which is a big challenge in the crypto space, right? Uh, Not just for nano, but it's for the, I want to say laymen or more casual observers. Where do they go to get quote-unquote unbiased news about cryptocurrency right you could maybe go to like in this case go to the nano subreddit but obviously you're going to get nano focused and and biased answers yeah you go to coindesk or bitcoin subreddits or anything and you might get the complete opposite effect right how do you how do you find the middle and that's why i try to do my my own research i try to read articles when people link them to me i try to actually 
go try the transactions for myself. I go look at the network monitors. I go look at the statistics. I see what's happening and try to figure out what's the root cause, what's the impact, so on and so forth. But to be honest, a lot of people can't do that. That exactly. that requires some specialized time, some or specialized knowledge or time or research. And so I, I don't know how to solve that problem. I, I try to strike a nice middle ground. Obviously, I'm biased towards nano, but I do try to in, incorporate legitimate criticism and try to be open to changing my views. And if there ever is some kind of like major consensus bug, double spending or, or things like that, I'll seriously reconsider where I'm putting my time, money, and energy and look for other alternatives. I'm not married to nano. I'm not a maximalist. Um, but I also, I'm trying to balance between what's a solvable problem and what's like a broken design. Yeah. And where I'm at right now, I, f- I feel like Bitcoin's in that broken design category or, or maybe not broken. I could see how some people would just say it's a different design Yeah. and I- I'm okay with that, but it's not what I'm looking for. And so like, what I'm looking like a for car, a, is- a model T isn't broken. It's yeah. just not. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just not a usable thing in on, on a freeway with a set with a sixty-five mile per hour speed limit. You can't drive a yeah, Model a T analogy. on that exactly. freeway. Um, so it's not broken, but it's just not well designed for today. Exactly, and that's my philosophy, and that's why I'm, for now I'm still with with Nano. No one has presented me a strong enough argument that shows that the core design is broken or even if it was broken that it can't be fixed or tweaked in some way to to work because the end goal is is not to hit like a very specific protocol or code or set of rules the end goal is to get working peer-to-peer digital cash and maybe that does require a consensus to be changed i'm open to that that's one of the reasons i'm into nano and for some people that that idea that concept is anathema right that's they want a static ossified protocol that does not change and and that's fair that's a, a viable desire i guess but it's not what i'm interested in it's just and, and in, i would in, argue that oh go ahead sorry if i finish sorry finish you, you'd, uh, argue, I, was just argue say, I, I think a lot of the nano community i i don't want to put words in people's mouths but i think a lot of nano community at least the enthusiast node operators are in that same boat right we are here for peer-to-peer digital cash and we will go to any solution that best solves that problem. It, it doesn't have to be nano. If nano proves itself uh, wrong or to fail, then we'll go look for something else. Yeah, but yeah, and I think we're not I think there that's yet. what most Bitcoiners don't realize, or most or most people who are anti-nano don't realize, is that a lot of the people here feel like they've found something, and that's why they're so passionate about it. But they're also not like Kool Aid drinkers, and they're not. You know, a lot of these people are just really technical people and they're like, okay, well, you know, like that's what, so, you know, you said you don't know, you don't know how to fix the information um, problem. Well, you're doing it. You're coming on, you're going on podcasts. You're coming on. I don't have that skill set to, to, to read all that information and to um, understand, like, like look at the code and understand it and you do. And and so that's why, like the way I, the way I, I combat the misinformation of CoinDesk is to have people like you on who are thoughtful and aren't just complete maximalists of, you know, of a certain camp and are willing to, to think outside the box. Like that's why I have uh, I, Mario I, I come on for, that. for Bitcoin. Sorry, go on. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, and I, I understand that, but I, I also worry that people put me on a pedestal as some kind of like infallible technical expert 
and that everything I say must be right. When really I want people to, to ask the questions and just go try it for yourself, do your own research and come to your own conclusion, which easier said than done. But uh, yeah, it's a struggle. There's like, I, I know there has to be a middle state and in between. And I, I try to do my best to kind of serve in that role, but I, I don't want to tell people go buy nano, go go consider nano the best cryptocurrency of all time if you don't understand the the vision or the concepts or or what's really going on i I want people to be into nano because they they see where it's going they see the vision they understand at least at a high level the concepts and they're able to make that determination for themselves of oh is this really a serious long-term issue or is this a growing pain kind of thing yeah uh well i mean and that's the thing is it's like i don't i and if you're listening, I didn't bring on Patrick to tell you definitively what happened. I brought on Patrick because <laughs> he's a competent, intelligent person who uh, looks at both sides and and will give his honest opinion about something, you know. And because, I mean, you can claim that you would leave if something better came along if Nano crashed, but... We don't know that until it actually happens. You could be secretly a total nano shill, total nano maxi, uh, pa, you know, maxi maximalist, total nano uh, Kool Aid person, cult, you know, cult. But you know, so far you haven't presented yourself that way. You haven't, res- you know, you you've been open about bugs. You've been open about this. You've been open about what actually happened about stuff shutting down, and and then you've given your thoughtful response to it. And I think people who listen to this podcast appreciate that and want people who are thoughtful about what's right you know what's what's going well with a project and also what's not going well with a project you know the 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 bugs that are going on like with ethereum like with matic like with rollups like with side chains like you know so i try to bring on people who are going to talk about um the dangers involved in you know new technology trying new things this is still people people it drives me crazy cuz bitcoiners are like well how's you know bitcoin's up how much percent in after, after 12 years? And I was like, okay, well, Nano's only been around for half that long, not even half that long. So trying to compare, you know, talk to me in, in six years when they've both been around, you know, the same amount of time or, you know, not the same amount of time, but like, you know, the four-year mark, the six-year mark, the 10-year mark, and then start comparing those things. But even that's not really yeah. a, a, a good enough a, a comparison because Bitcoin came out, and there was zero um, people involved in crypto at that point because that was the first crypto that actually worked, and no and, competition too, right? Yeah, and, and no competition. And Nano is is coming out, you know, on the coattails of the success of Bitcoin, fixing some issues, and so it, it has a lot of uh, advantages that Bitcoin didn't have. And I'm totally willing to be open about that. Same with Ethereum. Ethereum is is riding on the coattails of, of Bitcoin. If Bitcoin wasn't successful in working. Ethereum wouldn't get the traction that it already has. So it's like we have to put things in perspective. And I, and I like that you are open about that kind of stuff with Nano. And that's the reason why I like having you on and talking with you about this kind of stuff. So um, I know you have a very short amount of time. We just did this really fast. Do you have anything else you want to get off your chest before uh, we end it? So I'm sometimes I struggle with so I am here because at my core, I believe that the problem of decentralized, censorship-resistant, non-inflationary digital cash is a solvable and useful problem. 
And so I, I started with Bitcoin for that reason. And the the reason I switched is because I did not feel like my concerns were being addressed. It's not necessarily that I think Bitcoin is is trash per se. I do see that it provides some value and it is useful to some people. And it has proven itself through time and uh, being a hardened asset. And it has some value there. But at my core, I'm still searching for that peer-to-peer digital cash. And so that's what leads me down the path towards projects like Nano. And you mentioned, like, would I actually leave if, if like, consensus was broken on Nano? To be honest, I, I still might not leave because the, the idea I'm chasing is that peer-to-peer digital cash. And if yeah. the problem is a, a solvable problem, I, I might stick around. Uh, if someone presents a better solution, I, I might switch at that point. But if even if Nano had some kind of catastrophic zero day, but there's still the idea and there's still the potential, I might stick around. And I know that makes me maybe sound like a fanatic or enthusiast or stuck in a bubble. And maybe I am. But I, I think it's because I so strongly believe in the idea that Nano is chasing. It's not that I believe in Nano necessarily but the idea that nano so far is still targeting if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean and and you know, when I when I had Colin on, I I flat out said like, look, non-inflationary currency is is a a gamble. It's like, you know, it's a test. It's yeah. never been proven to work. I agree. And he was like, yeah. And I said, "Okay, great. Thank you." So, because a lot of people were like, "Oh, you know, this is, you know, this it's going to work." There's, there's no way of knowing it's going to work. We've, it's never worked in the history of mankind. This is all a test. That's the reason why I like the idea of Banano as a, as a kind of a joke because that's taken the opposite approach of an inflationary version of Nano. And I, yeah. and I like the idea of, of, of having one of each and seeing which one actually works better than the other. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I see all of cryptocurrency still, even Bitcoin, as a big experiment that could still fail. Maybe it hasn't yet. And maybe your definition of success is different than mine because I know some people consider like a high price, a high market cap as the definition of success. Yeah. That's not my definition of success. No, not at all. I think that crypto is a still, even Bitcoin is a highly risky, highly volatile space and things could go drastically wrong. If you are in this space buying random things and not doing a research and not looking at the technical fundamentals for yourself, then you're playing a dangerous game. You, you might get lucky. The price might increase. You might come out ahead temporarily or maybe for years or maybe you, you never fail. I mean, even Ponzi schemes operate that way. Yeah. But to me, at its core, cryptocurrency is a very risky experiment that is trying to solve a problem that might not be solvable. I hope it is. I think it is. But maybe this is all BS and it, it's never going to work. But it's funny because I don't I just, know. Maybe it's just a difference of philosophy. Yeah. Well, I just interviewed Bennett Tomlin again, and we were talking about um, die and how the majority, like fi- at any given time, fifty percent of die is um, being upheld by by USDC and Tether, which could both be frozen at any given time and force die to collapse. And since the majority of cryptocurrency in general is being traded against these crypto against these stable coins that are completely centralized and can be censored by the government, 
the entire market cap could completely collapse in one day if if a, a nation state decided to somehow freeze those two. That's the vast majority of trading. And then DAI would collapse on top of that because, because those two froze. So it's just the idea of like, you know, anything like that can happen at any given time. We've never had a nation state, a, a large nation state openly attack cryptocurrency. So it is a test. So if you're listening, don't invest any, any more money than you can absolutely afford to lose tomorrow. If you put in money yeah, and, and then the next know. day I said, hey, it's gone, you lost it all, you need to be able to say, okay, cool, and move on with your life. If you're putting more exactly. than that in, like, just don't because if you need that could money, not agree more strongly with that. It could be gone tomorrow. <laughs> 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 so, all right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, it, it's always fun. It's always fun talking to you. And uh, you know, when, yeah, the, when when this is all over, next time I'm in, I'm in Austin, we'll have to meet up for a beer or something like that, or maybe have a, a nano meetup or something like for that. For sure. Um, most definitely. Sweet. Well, you know, thanks again for doing what you do. Thanks again for talking to a bunch of people and getting getting the information out there that as as you see it, you know, because because like you said, it may not be perfect, <laughs> Thank but you. you're, you're Thank doing you. your best. And uh, and I appreciate you, and I know the the community really appreciates all the hard work you do. Um, and keep it up. Awesome. Thanks, man. Always a pleasure. All right, everybody. Talk to you next time. Thanks. <laughs>